Coming to you live from the barracks, it's your boy Jay West here with a very good friend. Um, I met this guy through the podcasting networks. Um, you can find him on Hops Geek News. It's part of the Hops News Network. Um, my guest for today usually discuss what's going on in TV shows, comics, movies, all that stuff. While you know, just kicking back, drinking a few, and describing what they're drinking. But more importantly, the reason I have him here today is because. My man has dedicated nine and a half years to the States, serving in our United States Air Force. He's achieved the rank of E6 Tech Sergeant, and he pretty much spends most of his time, you know, fueling up. Uh, what? Oh, fuck that. All right. I'm going to cut that part out. So he's an E6 Tech Sergeant, and he's a very good friend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my boy Matt to the show. What up, everybody? Man, it is absolute pleasure. We have we've been hanging out, we've been chatting for forever, man. It seems like we've been like lifelong friends at this point in time. So to finally get together, shoot the shit, bullshit back and forth, it is damn, man. It is so nice to see your beautiful, handsome face. Look at the look locks. Look at that. Like looking fresh. You got the weak yeah. dubbed going, the, the I gotta, you know, combed. Gotta, gotta rep the brand. I know, man. Look looking good. Looking good. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Of it's, course, man. You know, the trash perspective um it, it's a it's a little love child of mine um i i really was looking forward to have you on because like once again i mean not to beat a dead horse but we're trying to broaden perspectives over here and learn a little bit and you know i i didn't even know you served i don't even remember how that came up mac one day was like yo you know bash served and i was like what since since fucking when <laughs> The Dunkin' Donuts guy? What? <laughs> the dude, the fucking guy who's out here in the Dunkin' Donuts onesie, like simping hardcore for a pumpkin spice latte, like that guy? Yo, it's crazy. So, like, I gotta ask, man, let's before we get into the military stuff, what was life as a young match? What's going on? Oh man, oh man. Life as a young, I feel like honestly, I'm 31 now, so I feel like I've lived a million different lifetimes, right? Like as we all kind of do in our day and age. I uh I grew up right outside of Boston, dude. Like I, I am from the burbs of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I grew up in a town called Bedford. You might know it, Lexington, Concord, if you know your history a little bit. That's that's the area I grew up in. And uh, my parents, I, I was adopted, actually, funny enough. So I know my real parents, all that kind of stuff. They were kind of pieces of shit, right? They were like shitty human beings, uh, not right. to put them on blast too much. But I was, I am adopted by... Uh, my, my stepdad, he, he's a metalhead. It's, it's wicked hilarious. He's like this metalhead. He played with like Rob zombie and all that shit. That's amazing. Um, he's a, he's a mailman, all that. My mom, she's a hairdresser and everything. And they still live in Bill Rick and mass. So, uh, I go back there as often as I can, but that's, that's kind of who I am always. I'm always like, as soon as I say wicked, everybody's like, oh, you're from Boston. Huh? I'm like, yeah, that was a dead giveaway. I didn't know where you were from at first. And you were like, that's wicked funny, but I've read it like in a Bostonian accent. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what? This dude's from Boston too. Like I just found little things out about you. It was blown away each time. That's it's it's crazy because it's not something like obviously the Boston thing. That's one thing. I, I root for the Packers for my football team, so you wouldn't guess there. But hockey season, all that shit. Like that's when I have the Bruins gear on. I'm always talking about hockey things like that and clues that pick up there. As far as the the military though, like nobody. That's something like I don't really go around flaunting things like that and. It's it's kind of funny because when I was I was fat as hell when I was a kid, like I was a fat piece of shit. So like to even join the military, I had to lose a hundred pounds. So like really life as a young me was just like 
this goofy fat kid who, you know, just spent a lot of time doing recreational things. Okay. So now we have this young little fat kid doing recreational stuff. What was the switch? Like what flipped your brain and you were like, I'm thinking about joining the military. Yeah. So I grew up in that environment. My, my real dad, he, he was a cop in the air force and all my friends, I was friends with all the cops on base. And uh, that's just like the culture I hung out in. I was always hanging out with those guys and being in that, that environment, you know, you kind of, all your friends kind of are joining. Right. But me, I was like, man, fuck that. Fuck the military. Fuck all that lifestyle. I want nothing to do with that shit. So such a I I know, man, I was such like a, I'm a little shit. Like for somebody who (laughs) works for the man, I am so anti-establishment that it's like, how am I even here sometimes? Fuck the government. (laughs) I'm I'm over here like, man, fuck the man. Then I'm like, "Uh, excuse me, sir. My paycheck. Uh, Where is it? Exactly. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I was, I I didn't join until I was 21. So after I graduated high school back in 2008, I was just doing nothing. I was working different jobs. I worked at a hardware store. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, funny enough. Oh, wow. I I even worked at a daycare for a couple of years. Um, I could see that. You look pretty personable. Yeah. And I used to want to be a teacher. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to start working at the daycare. Eventually I'm going to go back to college and uh, I'll become a teacher. Well, I didn't go back to college. I was like, fuck college. I failed out of school actually, because I was doing certain things and drinking and just you know the party lifestyle i had no care in the world you're Dude, you're 21 21 it's weird how like that just kicks in and all of a sudden you just want to party all the time right i mean i was just like screw this i'm kind of living on my own i'm with my friends like dude what else do i need and then i was just sitting there one day like i am doing absolutely nothing with my life i gotta change it turn it around i was like 20 20 years old at the time and i was like i'm just like this fat piece of shit and so that's when i was like all right, dude, uh, time to like buckle down. And it took me a few, like six months and I lost a hundred pounds. Like I was just busting That's my ass in the gym every day, Seriously. diet change. Like, and when I showed people pictures before, I'll have to, I'll have to hit you up and show you a picture of like yeah, me before. Cause I wouldn't have believed stuff. it until like right now from you telling me, like, I wouldn't have believed it at all. Yeah. And it, it's, it's people are always like, no way. And then um, I show them the picture and like, there's fat me at this party. And they're like, holy shit, dude. And I'm like, yeah, it's like I said, I've lived like eight different lives at this point. And so, yeah, I, I joined when I was 21. I was like, I hit up the recruiter and uh, I was, I was getting ready to leave. I was actually supposed to be a cop the first time. Right. I was going to be a cop. And I had a girlfriend that was dating in Vermont and she was like, don't go, don't go. And me being like, all right, fine. I won't go stupid never don't yeah. don't base anything off women right like dude yeah relationships oh. i mean that's a fact that's a fact um you know what's funny uh i'm surprised like the high school recruiters didn't get you like i was expecting like oh they got me in high school because like they were always in my school like saying some crazy shit like uh my boy he was in the marines or whatever but like his recruiter would come to the school and like he was because i was always with my boy so he'd always like try to like you know talk, and then he would be like Yo, bro, you wear these fucking blues, bitches just start coming on themselves. He's like, I probably got babies in different parts of the world I don't even know about. He's like, this could be you. And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I don't want to do that. It's not worth it. Like, first of all, who wants to pay all the child support? Number one, because (laughs) you like, that is true. However, you also attract a certain type of person that is like, there's a very big stigma in the military and they are called dependas. And that the stereotype is they are these 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 kids they're fresh out of high school they join they marry the first girl that says hi to them right like 
holy shit, a girl's talking to me. They marry him. They have a kid or some stupid shit. And uh, then that, that girl, like, I just want to put this out there. Obviously nobody here is, you know, anti-woman and any of that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. This is just like a stereotype that is true. They, these, these women, they have like four kids. They balloon up to like these 500 pound women. And then they're out there just like, they think that they are owed the world because their husband's in the military or whomever the fuck. And it's just like, now you're stuck with this overweight, angry woman all the time. And the the dudes just hate their lives. And, Oh, dude, it's it's just insane. Oh man, yo, that fucking description is hilarious. It's so savage. Like, just picture like the the overweight person, and like they wear the sandals where their feet hang off the edges with the moo moo. Yo, with the moo moo, and they're walking around like the supermarket or whatever, just like, and then they complain about do you know who my husband is like nobody cares nobody cares get your six kids under control get the fuck out of here (laughs) so now i mean obviously since you had all this crazy experience with you know just being around the lifestyle and shit so now the gears are turning you're like all right i want to stop being fat i want to do something with my life you hit the recruitment office obviously you pass the test or whatever you get to boot camp, culture shock. What the fuck is going on? Bro, oh my God. So I left Memorial Day weekend. It was May 28th, 2012, right? That's when I, I was I was a 21-year-old kid. I, I left at this point. I left my, you know, my girlfriend at the time behind. All that stuff. I was like, life's gonna well, be now you leave her behind. So well, this was a different one now because I I, oh. had, I had so the, I had messed up the first time we broke up and then some time passed, and I'm like, I gotta join. So I had to join again and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's in San Antonio, Texas. So uh, I get there. It's middle of the night. You're getting in this little theater, right? They pack you into this movie theater and you're just like waiting. People are like, how many of you have playing a music or a musical instrument? And you don't want to raise your fucking hand because then they put you in band and like your life is miserable and you're just playing band and bullshit for weeks. (laughs) And you learn very quick. You don't want to you don't want to volunteer for shit. So I'm like, I'm just sitting there. And then next, you know, they call my name. I go up, you get on this bus, they take you. And then like, I had this five foot five, like black dude, right? This dude, his arms thicker than my entire like leg. Like this dude is jacked and you, all you can see is like his chin poking out from his hat and all that. And he's like, you got five seconds to get off my bus. And you feel like you're a fucking child again at this point. Cause you're like, what is happening? And you're like busting on out of there and you get packed into like the day room. You're like on these, these footsteps and they're all sorts of, you just have no idea what's going on. You got dudes crying and shit. Like already. Holy oh shit. My, yeah. And so like, and it's, it's the air force. So like basic training really isn't bad. That was easy as shit. Like the worst part about it is you get bored, but they pack you in this room when you first get there and you're just sitting there and you have no idea what's going on. And like the, the ins- drill instructors are just like blowing your shit up. You pick your beds they're like, you don't even touch my mirrors. Like you don't touch anything, man. Like if you touch it, you're getting smoked. And so that night you have like kids who are, have been at tra- basic training for like three, four weeks at this point, they're watching you during the night. And all I hear is this kid sobbing next to me in the bed. And he's like, <laughs> this other dude's like consoling. I'm like, is this your first time away from home? He's like, yeah. 
I'm just sitting there like, dude, what a fucking pussy. Like, <laughs> oh, like we, you gotta, you gotta fucking leave the block every now and then. What the fuck? It's like, this is your first time out of home. Like me, I'm like, whatever, man. The, the worst part about it is just like, yeah, it sucks. Cause you're getting yelled at. You're, you gotta throw like these whitey tighties on where your balls are like squished up into your fucking stomach. Like <laughs> they, they shave your head. You're just, you're disgusting because at 4 a.m. you're getting woken up to go work out and do PT. And then you gotta come back in. You get like five minutes to shower. So you're still soaking sweat from there. And then it's summertime in San Antonio, Texas, and you're outside doing shit all day. And then you're doing put like you, you don't feel good. There's a thing called the Lackland smell. And when you leave basic training and go to your, your school where you're learning how to do your job and shit, mm-hmm. you don't realize it. But after a couple of weeks of being away, you can always smell when the new kids fresh from basic training come. Cause they reek, like they fucking stink, dude. It's yeah. just like this distinct stench of just like, haven't been clean in weeks. And like, you go from showering and basic training, like you're showering with 40 other dudes, like in a small shower so like you're all like it's there's there's like you'll never you're like the straightest gay man in basic training because the things that you do (laughs) are like you're shying with dudes you start doing like naked push-ups and stuff and like what naked push-ups where the fuck does that come in at night like after the showers right we'd always be like all right naked push-ups and we start fucking just doing (laughs) push-ups these are the things that go through your mind and one of the because Yo, you're fucking broken you're basically. bored and i'm bored i'm not even because you're broken through fear and there's like a, dehydration just because you're, you're bored you're just fucking bored and like we played a game so we had to roll our socks up right well when we did that we would roll these batteries because you get batteries for your your flashlight you put these big ass batteries in your sock and you toss them you'd have to sit there with your legs open Oh, the bone game from Jackass? Whoever gets hit, it was like a big-ass battery, too. So whoever gets hit in the dick the most loses out of, like, so many times. So, like, you're just tossing socks. Whoever gets hit in the dick once loses. Fuck. (laughs) We were, like I said, man, we, like, bored. And at a certain point, you start to, like, hate each other. We had dudes throwing chairs. Like, you start fighting and shit. And then you got people who say some dumb shit. So we're getting yelled at one time. And this kid we're all like lined up at our lockers there's this kid he's getting yelled at by the, t- the drill instructor and the drill instructor goes are you a doctor and the kid he goes yes sir and he's like oh what are you a doctor of this kid goes with a straight i don't know how he kept a straight face he goes i'm the doctor of love sir and i was like <laughs> yo like you just hear dumb shit like that the whole time and you're trying not to laugh because if you laugh you're done for and it's like oh, how yeah. are these in- drill instructors not laughing right now Cause like I'd be no. dying. There's got to be some crazy fucking dehumanizing, dehumanizing, dehumanizing training or something. Cause I don't know how they do it. I have no idea. And a lot of these dudes, I'm friends with like seven people who are all drill instructors right now, and they got like kids and families and all that. So it's like, how do you go from doing this all day to going home and like, I know your personality. It's <clears> like this goofy ass personality. So like. I don't even know. I don't want to know because I don't want to do that job at all, period. Like, fuck that. So, I mean, you're training for the Air Force. Did they throw you out of a plane at any time or anything like that? Hell no. So, fun fact, only about 7% of the Air Force actually does anything with planes, flies, any of that shit. So, I, you pretty much like when you're going through the recruitment process, you don't really get to choose your job. You can put like your dream jobs on a list. Like you take this test and from there they can kind of like, you get chosen in jobs based on how smart you are. So if you're a cop, you're pretty fucking dumb. 
generally <laughs> most of the time like they put the dumbest people on the flight line working on the planes or in the cop positions because they're just like you can't do anything else you're stupid as shit i Yo, so many people are going to be so <laughs> tight so fucking tight <laughs> it's funny because like the maintenance career fields like they're all they're expected to work on these planes but like they're also the dumbest people so it's like you're trusting these people with these it, it makes no sense and i got put in what's called pol which is petroleum's objects lubricants oils petroleum's oils lubricants sorry and so uh, we go from naked push-ups to you being in control of lube now i'm starting to oh, notice yeah. a weird pattern this all starting to make sense now. Yeah, I got sent up to Wichita Falls, Texas, dude. And if anybody, it's two hours from Dallas. Like, it's at northern Texas. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. This place sucks. Like, right. you, th- you thought Texas was bad. Like, San Antonio is fine. Middle Wichita Falls, Texas, like, is just the pit of America where there like is barren. It is barren. It's, I've never been in like a more barren. Well, I have deployed, but like even deployed, I feel like some of the times, like there's things that are nicer than that place is. And it's just like a pit of misery. And you're just learning your job for six. My job was six weeks training at that time. So uh, I would go to class. And then after that, I would just get wasted for six weeks. Like I was drunk the entire time I wasn't in class. I was just drunk because now you go from having no freedoms to all the freedoms. Mm. And I was 21. So I could do whatever I wanted pretty much. Okay. So you get smashed. I'm just... What was the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during your uh, during your training? Man, during my training, mm. you I ever got called out, singled out, did something that fucked up the whole squad? No, honestly, I went under. The, I was the laundry crew when I was in basic training. So, like, every time shit got bad, me and a couple other guys who was in charge of washing people's laundry, I was like, "Fuck that, I'm out." <laughs> but I will say, there's a thing called the EC duty, and you have to basically watch the entry of the door. Well, overnight, and they're learning to guard the door and shit. And the guy in charge of it, like making our schedule, he was a kid. Obviously, they put us in charge, all that kind of stuff. Well, he kept putting me on the middle of the night shift. So it was like 2 a.m. Now, sleep is very, you can't go to sleep before they tell you lights out, and you have to wake up at 4 a.m. And this kid kept putting me on the 2 a.m. shift all the fucking time. So I started to conveniently lose his laundry. (laughs) because i was like no fuck this i'm not gonna keep doing this and until you get me off this shit i'm gonna keep losing your laundry and so that was that was like the most drama i had there but my wife was in and she tells me like some of the stories all the time and girls are ruthless and i was like holy shit but I, i never personally had anything bad happen um i graduated tech school with like top of the class things like that and i i haven't had anything embarrassing per se happen in training um but once we get to it i will say there was one embarrassing part of my career where i actually fell asleep out on the flight line that was embarrassing Mm. all right so we're almost through basic training what was the scariest moment for you man i well probably my drill instructor he was like this six foot four dude who was a cop and he was like i have ptsd i've been shot like four times and i was like this guy might actually kill me this because he was just like this terrifying dude but at the end like when they soften up with for you and stuff like um they they kind of tell you it's like yeah i was going through a lot of marriage problems so i was even angrier so i was like oh that makes sense so to me it's like this guy i thought was going to kill us all one day just because he was like the way he they yell and all that stuff but i nothing was honestly man like nothing was truly scary there was just that 
the initial moment of you have no idea what situation you're in. And then you have these drill instructors that are like, yeah, you got 30 seconds to get off my bus. And then you're like, I'm, I'm going to die. What am I? You have that initial, like, I made a mistake. I got to go home. Did it's, you feel like that? I did right away. I was like, bro, this is awful. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I, that was like your initial thought because you get, you go on a fight or flight at that point. Cause you got like these scary ass dudes. You don't know where you're at. Things like that. So initially I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. And you have kids though, like who purposely get injured. They fake injury. They do that stuff to get sent home and kicked out and everything like that. But I was like, it just gets boring to me. And that was about it. So you power through, you're getting plastered. You graduate. Did you graduate top of your class? I I was like third or fourth top of the class. Um, I did not first or last. You're not first. It's very true. I was this fucking, I had some kids. Might as well be a cop now, according to your standards. You know what? It's funny. All the special forces, people who drop out, they either send them to be a cop or they send them to my job. That's all right. So <laughs> when you graduated, uh, were you in reserves or were you active? Did you get deployed no. immediately? How does this work? All right. So you're, I'm active duty. So obviously when you're going through training, you're with guard reserve or the part-timers and then the active duty, uh, they're all mixed in after that. They, like the second week you're at uh, your what's called tech school, they give you a base that you're going to. And I got Florida. So I was stationed in a Fort Walton beach, Destin, Florida, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, so you get your duty station. And then after you graduate, you can either go straight there or you can go home, visit family. I chose to go home, visit family. And then I drove all the way down to Florida, but that's pretty much what happens. And then you get sent to your duty station and you learn your job you pretty much get right into it. Like you're learning your job. You're doing what's called CDCs where you're like, you're basically like reading books, taking quizzes, stuff like that, learning your job. All it is for like the first year is learning your job. So I didn't deploy for the first year, but on my one year mark, I, uh, I did leave and I went to Kuwait for the first time. My first deployment was 2013 and I went to Kuwait for um, like six months. Okay. So now before we get into Kuwait stuff, Learning your job, what does your job consist of? And let's go through like some of the the details. Yeah, my job is easy. Anybody can do it. I'm in charge of all the gas across the base. So we're in charge of refueling the aircraft, refueling all the vehicles. Um, if it has to do with gas, we're in charge of it. Same with like liquid oxygen, liquid nitrogen, um, whether it's gas that you put. We have like what's called mo gas, and that's what we put in our cars. We have diesel fuel, which is, you know, diesel fuel, pretty self-explanatory. We have jet, jet fuel. And then like jet fuel, basically back then before they did stuff is like instant cancer. If you get it on you. Have you seen any spills? Oh my God, dude. I've seen a ton of spills. I've seen aircraft crash. Um, what what the fuck is that like? That's gotta be an asshole clip. Um, we do what's like called. So we do refueling. We drive these 40 foot, basically bombs because they're filled with 6,000 gallons of gas. You go out there, we refill the planes or we do what's called hot refueling. So the planes pull up to these pits and uh, they're on, the engines are going the whole time and you're just filling them like that. So I was out there one time and uh, there's a plane getting ready to take off and it just blew up out the back. Like what? Probably like a hundred yards away from me at this point. It just like, it was going to take off hydraulic fluid, got into the fuel line and it just blew out the back. And needless to say, it didn't take off because it blew up out the back. It, like nobody was hurt. The guy was Did fine. Did it go the off pilot. the carrier or? No, like, so uh, we're on a flight line. We don't, we don't deal with aircraft carriers, none of that shit, right? Oh, you're, okay. Every, you don't. No, that's, so that's all the Navy. And uh, 
what we we're all basically land-based and yeah dude it just like was getting ready to take off on the runway it just like you'd see at an airport like a runway just like that oh and just the back end you hear this like massive explosion everything shakes and there's like a fireball and the plane just drops down and just like skids to a stop and that's so what happens then because obviously Uh, there's other things happening yeah so the fire department's coming out you're you can't go near it until they declare it safe and then at that point you got to like offload all the gas off that plane because if whatever gas is on there you got to get off the plane and then they pretty much just leave it there while the investigation goes on they need to figure out usually the first people they blame are us they're like oh the fuel that was bad obviously it wasn't in this case but they they go through like all right we need to make sure that the last play the, the last person who refueled it which was actually me at that point i had done it last oh shit um, they like the trucks everything <clears throat> gets locked out so they can investigate basically run an investigation that takes like a week or so and then once they find out like nothing like that happened they just drag it off the runway and then they do more investigations and more bullshit and all that kind of stuff I just want to let you know, uh, not anyone can just do that job. Just want to let you know that. Like, that's not just something you could hand me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I got this. You're just whipping around like basically a semi truck out there. To me, it's like, I guess, because I've been doing it so long. It's like second nature. It's just like, oh, man, I'm a glorified gas attendant. Like, put me in New Jersey and I got a job at the fucking Sunoco or whatever it is station. That's all I but you're, so, yeah, they're like people, a lot of people have pride in it. Me, I've just always like, I find it boring and shit. I hate the job. I'll be honest with you. I fucking hate that job. Right. Right. So now you hit Kuwait for the first time. What the fuck is going through your mind when you get that letter? When you're like, oh shit, I got to go. Like, I really well, got to fucking go. They called me up and like, hey, I got this opportunity. You want to do it? And I was like, me, I'm like, hell yeah, I joined to deploy. So me, I'm fucking stoked. Right. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm deploying. Uh, I leave on my birthday. So like I left on my actual birthday, the, that morning of like, there's a bunch of stuff you got to do. So you got to go qualify for shooting. You got to get your chemical warfare gear. You got to do a bunch of training and shit. And then it's like, all right, be here at this time. And you're going to leave on a plane. And I was like, all right, going to waffle house this morning. Going to fucking load up on some waffles. It's my birthday. And then my friend dropped me off and I was just like, all right, see you in six months. And that's it. Yeah. And then you fly, you go to like Virginia and then you fly like you're flying for like two days straight. So, you get to so we're going to keep you mid flight right now. I want to go back to chemical warfare training. You, like you just passively dropped that one. <laughs> but how the fuck does one like train? I, I heard because my boy was in the Navy. He said they put him in a room and like they make you hold your hand under your chin and like recite like your whatever oh, yeah. it is. So, like your and they just gas you. And like you're just like drooling. You so in basic training, right? You go in there with your gas mask on and then like, all right, everybody rip it off. And then you're getting punched, like whatever. You're getting punched, like snots pouring down. And then they're like, you need to recite your name and social security number. And you know, so you're standing there, your arms are out and you're like, oh, it's my name. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> and then once you finally get it, like you can leave and you're running outside. You're just, again, you're pouring and you're walking in a circle. You can't see shit. So you're like stripping over rocks and you're just like, but that's the only time you have to do that. And what now what we do for training for that is you just basically how fast can you put your gear on? Cause you have nine minutes before you actually die. Like they say, it's like from the time you get the warning to the time that the attack actually hits, you have like nine minutes. So you need to get all your shit on in that time. Otherwise you're dead. So you're just oh. spending, 
spending hours in like this this what we call mop gear and chemical warfare gear and it's hot as fuck in these things like it is so fucking un- it's miserable like every time you're, you're like i have to wear this shit like you want to kill yourself because this is the worst <laughs> fucking thing dude. i promise you i would rather do anything else on this earth instead of wearing that shit again like it sucks to wear yeah i mean um you know mustard gas sucks way more but you know <laughs> fuck it just burn my lungs i don't care <laughs> All right, so you're in Kuwait, you're hyped as fuck, you got some waffles in your belly, you touch down, what's the first thing that happens? So right when you got the plane, you like, so I wasn't doing my actual job. I was doing what's called a OCN duty. So your job at that point is basically you just escorting people who work on the base. So like foreign nationals that are working on the base, and a lot of them are Filipino. So right when you land, like you got to get your shit, you, they, you unload the plane, you get your shit, it's hot as hell because the desert over there is like 120 degrees at night you're no idea what's going on you're fucking tired they take you to a room like they get you your room and all your stuff set up then like all right you're going right to work for 12 hours and while you're deployed you work six days straight 12 hour shifts you get one day off and then like dude you're just right from the get-go you were on the ground trying to figure all out you don't know what the hell's going on because you're so tired different time zones all that shit so you're just like bro you don't even know what day it is after a while the only day you know is your day off like you count six days then it's your day off you don't even know what day of the week it is anymore after a certain point and yeah we're just escorting and like we're searching planes that land and we're i'm working out like this little airport at the kuwait international airport so like we're taking all the people off so we have to drive like an hour to the actual base where we stay at and i tell you what man i have never seen people drive so fucking insane and so you go over there, you have 12 year old kids driving like these, everyone's got those Toyota white trucks, first of all, or they're driving like Corvettes, Bugattis because they're rich as fuck. Right. And so you see like 12 year olds ripping around in these things. You got babies without car seats because to yeah. them it's just like wild. And you got camels like on the side of the road that cross the road randomly. You have to drive till the governor on your vehicle hits because people are passing you. I've seen cars smack off each other because they don't look like literally they're driving with their phones up to their face like this at 120 kilometers an hour. It is the wild fucking West out there, dude. And at one point, like they used to have us like take buses and stuff to go back and forth. But like at one point there was like a, there's a terrorist threat out there, of course. So they had a vehicle that were following up on people and they had their flashing guns at the the bus and stuff like that and so now they're like all right go inconspicuous drive vehicles and uh dude one night we got lost because we had no idea where we were going right we we were about like two miles from the iraqi border somehow on accident and this is like you know obviously shit was still going whatever because we got so lost that like we saw a sign that said the iraq border and we're like oh fuck where are we at right now we had to like turn around and like the sketchy it, it was sketchy neighborhood and obviously we stick out. I'm like the whitest dude on earth. You got like, you know, there's, there's like four of us in this truck. We, we don't have our weapons at this point because you have to turn them in at the end of every shift. And we're just like, dude, we're going to fucking die today. Like that was probably one of the scarier moments. Cause you're like, I don't want to actually end up in Iraq and who knows what's going on at this point. Yeah. So it, so was, it was wild. You ever see like, what's the f- most fucked up thing you've seen happen? like on one of these roads? Cause I know you've seen some shit. I've seen dead bodies. They lay dead bodies on the side of the road right. and uh, they give them like a certain amount of time to let Allah decide. Right. Like they're like, all right, if their God decides that they're going to live, they're going to live. Otherwise they just die right there. Oh, so fuck. They, 
they leave them on the road. Um, I also did a lot of the dignitary transfers. So I, I was also offloading like dead, wounded American soldiers, people like that off of planes. And like, I will say one of the more fucked up things there is like, you don't realize they're like in these boxes and you got to repack them with ice and you don't realize how heavy a person is until it's literal right. dead weight. Right. Yeah. And sometimes they come back in pieces. And so like the weight's all fucked up and that's Damn, pretty wild. So yeah, you'd see like that. Then just like the dead bodies on the side of the road from car accidents because these people drive like crazy. And, but probably the, the most fucked up thing is when you go to the bathrooms, human beings forget how to act when they're oh, in yeah. situations. Dude, I worked at the international airport of JFK. I know all about motherfuckers with, yo, people just fuck it. I'm going to shit on the floor. People shit on the floor. People shit all over the walls. People yep. shit in the showers. It's That's just like, what, man, man. Dude, that's fucked. You, you, you're like, you'll try to find a shower stall. And I'll get to that when I get to IUD, like Qatar. Like that was, oh, that was probably the worst part there. But yeah, man, it was just, you're seeing things like that. And it's just, you weren't ready. And it's, I always leave while it's the holidays too. So of course, at that time, you're like, I got all this shit going on. And then of course, everyone's back home having a grand old time at Christmas. And you're just right. like, man, fuck this. And you got to like try to piss next to literal shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in Kuwait. Did you see anything pop off the first time? No, I mean, I there was never any, you know, combat threats like that. Because, you know, Kuwait, we, we you're fine. I got to go down to Kuwait City um, right after, I will say right after I left from that deployment, a bom- like there was a suicide bomber in Kuwait City that uh, blew up the mall or something but i was fortunate i didn't see anything like that outside of you know doing the dignitary transfers which is like an honorable thing to do but it also is like damn it makes you feel like you're actually doing some shit because it's easy while you're home to be like oh man none of this matters but when you're over there it's like oh shit that's right like real stuff is actually going on right now yeah yeah so you you finish up with your kuwait bid what's what's the next thing that happens along the way after that i've just i'm back i'm i'm in florida uh, I'm just doing daily job, right? Just Are you there. still active? I am. I'm, I'm still active today. So I've been in nine and a half years, so I'm still active today. Um, and by active, that means they, they, you know, they could just be like, oh, we're going today. You got to pack yeah. shit, go or. Um, I'm active just means like, this is the job I do from X of time to X time. So like my day, my everyday job is right now. I help people go out on deployments. I give briefings, stuff like that. I teach like sexual assault prevention, stuff like that. So I have a different job now, but yeah, like this is my daily job. I get paid, you know, the first and 15th and I, I wear the uniform every day. I go to work every day. Yeah. So that, that's what that means. Like active duty, whereas garden reserve, you're just doing it one week in a month. Okay. So now let's fast forward to, like, so you, you, you're living good. It's easy. When does shit start to pick up or get a little rough? So I would say my next deployment. So like, there, I will say there was a, there was a period there. Um, right after Kuwait, I, I went through, like, I was depressed. Like I had serious bout with depression. Like I, I was at the point where I was going to kill myself one night. Right. Really? Like, I, I was sitting there on a the beach. I was like, man, I just like, nothing i got i got nothing going for me here i was like fuck this but for whatever reason i was like you're being a little bitch right now more or less yeah no for real because you went from the fat kid crying that you were doing nothing to now you're doing shit and now it's still not like was there some type of disconnect with you not liking the job or it's it's i can tell you like the military lifestyle is it's rewarding but also lonely but also like there's just a lot of shit that goes on right i mean 
you're, you're living this life. I'm in like the best spring break capital of the world, right? I should love in life and I'm living on the beach literally, but for some reason it's just like, man, it's everything just feels for some reason. Like I just, I can't wake up, can't get out of bed, things like that. You're away from all your friends, all your family kind of deal. And yeah, you make kind of friends and family with people you, you're working with every day. You, there's that camaraderie that you kind so of- So you get, just had a case of the being a little bitch. No. Basically, I mean, more or less, like, and I was like, man, I'm, there's these thoughts where, like, I wish I was deployed again. I wish I was deployed again. And then it's like, right. that's why I was like, it just got so bad. And I was like, man, you're just being a bitch right now, which mental health, it's a real thing. It's, I still struggle oh, with yeah. depression today. I still do. But it's just like, man, I can either, like, you know, just pick myself up every day or I can continue just to sulk and then make it worse. And that's where I was at. And then, you know, I ultimately, like, I ended up meeting my wife. And then I went on my next deployment where my kid was born while I was deployed again. Wow. Wow. Okay. So your next deployment, when and where? I went to Qatar and it was in 2015, 2016. And there it was like, we we're on the flight line, 14 hours, like doing real shit. So I was doing my normal job. Uh, I was refilling bombers that were blowing up stadiums full of, you know, weapons and bombs and shit like that. Oh um, shit. Like we were doing real world stuff. And it was like, you're on that flight line for 14 hours a night. It's hot as fuck. Like 120 degrees you just don't get to come inside you're eating rubber ass chicken like fake the food's awful you you have a, a roommate who pisses in bottles that leaves him in the room so like you got piss bottles in your room which is disgusting mm. you got to walk to these shacks to go take a shower which you try to go take a shower and it's like there's shit on the walls or people leave shower jellies in there too you know and you touch the wall, dude, and you're just like, fuck, fuck, scrubbing your arm. Or like, you drop a piece of clothing on the floor, you throw it away because you're like, this is fucking disgusting. Like, <laughs> and one night, man, we had to take vans to work. One night, we go to get a van and we found two of the people who worked on base, like the nationals, they were fucking in one of our vans one night. And there was like stains in the van after that. And stuff. Dude, it was disgusting because the men nice. are for recreation. Nice. You know, yeah. somebody, you know, somebody was going to do it. They were, they were doing the business and uh that was always it was like why did you choose our van but i guess because they somebody left it unlocked so oh, like, well, we're not trying go. to find vans unlocked so like you fucking and it's just like Yo, you want to go fuck in the military van that's like one off the bucket list you know what i mean <laughs> fuck those americans we're gonna get them back real good how can we do that let's go fuck each other Luge <laughs> on the seat <laughs> man so like, Qatar sounds like it was no joke it was, yeah, that was probably the busiest. And that was always known as the busiest base. Like we would honestly pass 3 million gallons of gas a day. That's because we were just like pumping out gas to like constantly flying, constantly doing shit. You had like medevacs coming in. You Did had, you fuck up in guitar? Uh, I felt so, man, it was, I, I'll be honest. I was sitting there and you're, you're lucky that your, your shutoffs work automatically because I was just sitting there one night and I fell asleep out there while refueling my truck, which I've seen people spill like they, the shutoffs don't work and they're not paying attention. So like gallons of gas dump all over the place. Like that's where I did fuck up. But that was like the worst thing that I had done to that point. Like knock on wood, of course, but okay. so yeah, now, like I, I fell asleep and I was like, fuck, this is embarrassing. What's the worst thing you've seen in guitar? Like what's the most, what sticks out in your mind where you're like, this was fucked. I don't ever want to see this ever again. Dude, it was the showers, like without a doubt, like people literal, I don't, I, they must scoop their shit out of the toilet and smear it places. See, it and that's, it's so crazy because like, you don't even realize that you're like a battle trained warrior because you've seen it like just complete destruction of human anatomy and 
the worst thing you can tell me that you've seen is some dirty showers. Like that's a mind fuck right there. Well, cause it's like, you're not at work. Right. And all you want to do on your days off or all you want to do is just like, man, I just want to take a shower, but you can't even take like a relaxing shower. Like, you know, when you're at home, you just stand in the shower. Now nah, fuck that here. It's like cold ass water. And you better not touch anything in that shower. Cause it's disgusting. Like disgusting. I don't so- even have words. Did you have to deal with any fighting while you were over there? No, I like, I, I'm lucky. Like all I do is I, I was helping the planes get off the ground, going to blow people up, but right. I never had to do that myself. Cause the one place that I would have loved to have gone is Afghanistan, but they obviously they wouldn't, they didn't send us there. Cause at that point it was all contracted out. So like non-military folks were working there and shit like that. And there so- really wasn't anything for us at that point. Yeah, Afghanistan, that, that's a rough one. So with all this stuff going on, you had your experiences in guitar and all that, you've been serving for so long, you got your job down. What's the one thing, looking back at all this, and even, you know, as you serve to this day, what's the one thing you could take away from this? You know, there's a lot to take from it. I mean, first things first, like as we just saw all the Afghanistan shit come to an end, right? Um, it sucks because it's, you know, it feels like everything, they, they took everything back right away. It's like, what was I doing? Why did I go over there? Cause like my, my first child was born while I was deployed supporting this effort. So it's like, what is the point of all this? And that's kind of where I've been at is like, what is the point of all this? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? But now it's kind of turned in like, we do have a, we, we are doing something. Um, it's important that we're doing all this stuff. I've, I've made friendships that like are going to last a long time. And uh, it's just one of those things that like, that's what, that's what I take away from it. I I used to be like, why are we doing this? What's the point? What's the point? And then now it's like, look, I, I have a family from this. There's food on my table and this is just a job at this point. So it's like, that's all it is to me anymore. Is it's just a job at this point. That's beautiful, man. Um, Listen, if these fine people want to hear more of what you do, I mean, not even military-wise, if you just want to get to know what this guy does, what this guy does. If you want to get to know more about my guy right here, check him out on the show. Why don't you tell these people where to find you? Yeah, so you can go ahead and you can find me at Hops Geek News on Instagram. Go to Geek Hops on Twitter, man. Uh, search Hops News for all the podcasts or you know, hit me up on Instagram, Matthew Tyler. Like that's That's where I am. It's TikTok. TikTok. That's right. TikTok business is booming. My man's business is booming. We can be found at hops geek news on TikTok, And uh, we just do stupid videos, man. I'm, I'm too old for that shit. I don't know what I'm doing there half the time, but here we are, dude. (laughs) You you know how to actually like write your signature. You don't know how TikTok works. (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I just do stupid ass videos. Cause like, I wish my, my dream in life is I wish I could create comic books, create movies, create TV shows in some capacity. So it's like, if I can just like do some stupid shit on this video app, then maybe eventually I can go ahead and learn how to some tips and tricks and stupid shit like that. Right. All right. So I would like to leave our listeners off with a final thought. Um, If you have anything to say, I mean, do you have any advice for any people that are thinking about joining or, or going through deployment and not deployment that are going through boot camp right now? Do you have any words of wisdom to them? Hell yeah. It's look, 
it's the easiest part of the military. It sucks right now, but it is so easy. Boot camp is nothing compared to, and you're going to meet some people that are going to change your life for better and for worse. Right. And just because shit sucks right now, doesn't mean it's always going to be, uh, you got to change your attitude around and that's how that's, it starts with you. So yeah, sure. Things may be tough, but honestly, joining the military is probably the best thing that I could have ever done at the time for myself. It's given me a lot. It's set me up at it's paid for my college education, all that kind of shit. So I, would I, would I ever do it again? Yeah, I would, because really it's, it's set me up. And then of course it's brought me on the path to meeting people like yourself and, uh, who knows? I, I, I may not have, if I've never joined. So sure. I, I can't wait to, to crack some beers together in person. I can't wait to get you on our show. And absolutely. I just can't like, seriously, I, it, it was kind of cathartic also just getting to talk about my experiences. Cause it's yeah, not man. something I ever talk about or share. So thank you. Um, listen, Hey, for this handsome man, I'm Jay West and I'll catch you next time. The sun sets. <laughs>